How we doing, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome back to another episode of The Kingdom Says. I am your host, as always, Garrett Williams, and we have got a very, very special episode here for you today, because in the first time in this podcast two-year history, two-plus-year history at this point, uh, we can finally say the Chiefs are Super Bowl champions. <laughs> so, join me, as always, my two co-hosts. We've got Kyle Henning. Kyle, how are we doing today, sir? Doing, uh, doing well. This this Monday doesn't quite have the same euphoria as last Monday did, but uh, we had to uh, make sure we had all three of us together for this one. So, took a little took a little break. Let everybody else do their big celebratory immediately after the thing podcast. And now we get to do our thing for what's been one of the more entertaining and enjoyable years to be a Chiefs fan. I think for this group on this show because. Well, a lot of things went, um, shall we say, according to plan, fellas, according to best possible call out that we gave out basically to start the year. So I'm doing doing pretty good with that front. Um, ready to ready to talk about what was an incredible game last Sunday um, and ready to enjoy this with you, fellas. So. I don't I don't even know if I can agree. Oh, hold on. I'll, I'll let my I'll let arrowhead Tom, as yeah. always, join us. I don't even know if I can agree that this is best like possible like it is the best possible outcome but i don't even know if we could talk about like like even last recording we had before the super bowl one of the things i said was remember the expectation realistic expectations and kyle i know you've been pretty confident but i'll be honest i think garrett you and i were in the same boat i think a lot of chiefs kingdom was in the same boat i didn't say this and we included people that we look up to and respect a lot yeah we you know as much as they threw around the whole like rebuilding your narrative for like outside folks we bought into that just as much, and I so mean, this, yeah, is about, this is about as big of a. Well, but uh, it's supposed to be. Yeah, it, it was allegedly. Um, like it's you know, that's the thing. That sense, but ooh. it's freaking supposed to be. I uh, I also am just gonna apologize off the top. I like I said, we've been uh, waiting to get together, and with the festivities and everything else going on, and then of course I. Uh, now that we're all together, I've got this lovely cold. So if it sounds like I am on my deathbed, uh, that's actually pretty accurate. Yeah. So this will probably be our last episode uh, <laughs> with me in it because uh, these sinuses are just going to be the end of me. And if it no, sounds but... like you can't hear me, it's probably because my computer has decided not to work for the last 45 minutes. So it'll might be an event. It's been, I'll, computer. It's I'll been leave quite my, an event. I'll leave you my mic in my will, Kyle. I'll make sure it gets to you. I'm going to need a computer because I'm going to throw this one out the window if it doesn't. Yeah, it's been quite an event to get to record tonight, but we are here and we're going to basically kind of just talk about what uh, our takes on the Super Bowl were. Obviously, like Tom mentioned, it was it wasn't like the most perfect of years as Chiefs fans. There was some some up and downs for sure. And there was a lot of times, you know, preseason during the season where I think there were some serious doubts about what this Chiefs team had in them. And then all of a sudden, January and February come around and it's just like magic in the air. It's a whole new team. The team is just all all cylinders are going. All the gears are clicking. Like everybody is on the same page finally. And uh, yeah, obviously it paid off in the Super Bowl. Um, all the, the matchups that uh, the Chiefs were, you know, predicted to lose by all the analysts, and you know the Eagles were better in every category, supposedly, allegedly, and uh, did not end up going that way for the game. So um, I mean, quick. 
one foot. Mm, all right. I, yes. Well, I know. So we'll quick get to thoughts it. here before we before we really dive into the meat and potatoes of the game and talk about kind of the the key playmakers. Quick thoughts overall. Your reaction, uh, Kyle. You should go first here. Your reaction to it uh, to winning. I just want a reaction the reaction to winning on Sunday and what that was like and uh, how it has been since then. Uh, this one felt different than the first one. That first one was just the <sighs> deep breath. Oh my God, we did it. Yeah. And I think Travis said it in his interview at one point, at one of the thousand interviews he's done this last 10 days or whatever. Uh, and shout out if y'all miss him on Saturday Night Night Live on March 4th, that's a you problem because he's that's going to be electric. Um this one felt different because this one's this one means it more. It's it's a it's a validation of yeah, this is ours. We belong here. This is this is the dynasty, and and there's more. This can be done again and again because, as we just talked about to open this, it's they had to draft. They had eleven draft picks. They started. They had six of them play significant snaps uh i think leo probably played more snaps than he's played them all year in the freaking super bowl so we can get to that when we get to the defense but like that's the kind of year we're talking about and they won and mahomes said it at the parade which shout out to all million plus of you who were also there with myself and my wife it was a heck of a heck of a time um considerably more than the first time around i think the weather contributed to that so yeah but the initial reactions was just validation and and the immediate reaction after the game wasn't the like black like basically after the first one it was like i just like blacked out and like i don't remember like 35 minutes after we won the game like i just it was just like oh the relief oh my god we did it this one it was just yes let's go again we did it as we supposed to let's do it again and i know that seems like we make fun of the Tuscaloosa fan, but they can do this because when we sit back and look at this team, as we've talked about all season, we talked about the rookies aren't rookies anymore. Well, guess what guys? That's a lot of really cheap team controlled friendly contracts that are playing starting roles on this team. So that kind of sets you up to do. And I'm sure we'll have two months of Tom and I and, and Garrett and everybody else under the sun to talk about this pretty much whatever you want come April. Cause he's got ammo. And they don't really need much. Are, are you? Did you just reference the draft? Oh jeez! Oh jeez! I didn't say the D word. You <laughs> keep that word you did. out well, of your vocabulary for this episode. You can have. Yeah. Well, you can have your little bit. You talk about it again. All right, all right, Tom, though, Tom, <laughs> Tom, so, your reaction to Sunday? How was um, it? So this one was special for me. Uh, the first one, nineteen. Uh, unfortunately, I, at the time, uh, you know, I was living in a different, uh, a whole different setup a lifetime ago, really. And, um, I didn't make the trip back to watch it with my, my dad and my brothers. Uh, and this year, uh, I did, <laughs> uh, it was a lot of driving and a late night and all that stuff. But I remember I drove home, you know, it was about a four hour drive afterwards and I was just buzzed the whole time. 
like not like not buzzed. I mean, like just energetic. Uh, just yes, to be clear, of course. Uh, of course. Don't drink and drive, folks. Um, Please don't. It ruins yeah. lives, and not just yeah. yours, no. others. So Scout it, Scout agrees. Uh, so agree. no, but seriously, getting to watch that with my brothers, my dad. Um, you know, that's the first one we got to watch together. Uh, one, of, I think one of my, one of the few deep regrets I'll have in my life is not watching that first one with them, but getting to watch it with them, um, you know, getting to, to jump up out of our, our seats and, and, you know, ended up with a, a big, uh, a big group hug. Um, I should mention I'm the smallest guy of my brothers. I'm six, two. Uh, and I so when I say, yeah, I yeah. So, uh, when I say that there was a, it was a, just a big old, meaty hug in the middle of our living room and we almost destroyed the ceiling fan um, you know i was like watch the fan watch the fan watch the fan um no it was great i got to spend it with family um you know i yeah and that's that's the biggest thing uh you know beyond the game is, is just getting to spend it with family it was a, it was a stressful game uh really stressful. yeah it was yeah. a stressful game it was a i think it's a classic game um I yeah, it was so it was such a good game, but for me, it, everything was about being with my family uh, for it and, and being able to say that I got to watch watch them win one uh, with my dad, with my brothers. You know, after watching after watching the games religiously growing up, uh, you know, suffering through, you know, the Damon Hewards and Matt Castles and Tyler Thigpins <laughs> and Kyle Ortons and Brody Croyles and. Uh, oh, Tyler Pagos and the, and the uh, you didn't to, go far enough back. Did you say Gerbach? Yeah, Gerbach. I mean, there was a little bit of hope with Trent Green. That was fine. For Trent like two Green was years. kind of a dog. Yeah, Trent Green was cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was rough, man. Like, before uh, – and that's that's the other part is just like, uh, you know, it's, it's a weird time to be a Chiefs fan because people are like, oh, the Chiefs are so good and they've always been good and you're a bandwagon fan. And it's, it's just like, – it's, it's nah. amusing. Point. Yeah, it's it's more music than anything. There's else. a lot of suffering that involved. That doesn't get you don't get to pull that card with this fan base. Um, and I wasn't. Yeah. Tom brought Tom brought this up, and before Garrett gives his full thoughts, just to kind of keep that train before we go back and get Garrett's, because I think his might be a slight bit more family oriented than more um, fun oriented. Where I'm going to go with this. This one was. I don't want to. When I said this one was more validation based for me. I don't want to say that this one wasn't special because from a family aspect, um, this one was a bit different for me. Um, you guys both know the the guy, my grandfather, who kind of got me into the Chiefs and got our whole family into the Chiefs, passed away right after the day after Christmas. And this one, Tom said this one was stressful. And oddly, this one, I was pretty calm the whole time. And I don't know if that was part of why, but it definitely helped. And and this one, that one, it was special in that regard because that was probably my first thought other than the validation was he got to watch that one for free easily and right up on top of it. So, yeah, he had a good seat in the house. I will say very stressful for me. And uh, yeah, I was surrounded by family. It was a good time. I It was similar to the first, first one where I think uh, there was a time in the middle where I went to my room and, you know, it was kind of. A little bit on the downside, there was a time, right before halftime, it was like looking pretty rough, and it was like, geez, I don't know about this game. But, yeah, I think this one really just more stressful and uh, um, more stressful really because it was like a shootout more than anything, I think. Um, 
like it really came down all the way to the end where it's like the emotions it's it's not like you could be excited for an extended period of time like the first one where it's like we had the lead and then it's kind of we're good after that damian williams touchdown i don't know that one's still close to the end this one was so down to the wire i mean yeah all the way down to like finally when butker kicked it through that's when it was like yeah here we go we're actually having a good chance to win the super bowl after the uh the uh you know squib kick or whatever but it was good yeah it was a it was a really good time. Um, definitely a different feeling than in the first one, where it's uh, you know the first one was kind of like a sigh of relief of like yeah we've okay we've seen a Chiefs Super Bowl win in our lifetime you yeah. know we've got at least got that knocked out of the way and that year too it was kind of different because it's like we were you know in overtime away in the AFC Championship the year before and so it was pretty much Super Bowl or bust that year right like. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew the Chiefs way. were going to the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> this year was like the complete opposite, where mm-hmm. all of, everything was falling apart. No, there was no shot that the Chiefs were making it. Basically, according to everybody, the Raiders, the Broncos, yeah. <laughs> every every other. Yeah, it was just an interesting, a really interesting off season to be a I Chiefs didn't even fan. The favorites to win the AFC next year. All yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, we do want to take a moment a to one. congratulate the uh, Los the Chargers. They've won the off season. And we have done already They've done it again, folks. They've the done it again. Before the before the season was even over, I just it's uncanny. The so like, year hasn't started. They haven't even. made a single freaking move other than lose coaches. Yeah, they, yeah, I just yeah. So safe oh, to say, man. the Chiefs have just a lot more underrated this year and uh, going in, you know, the past couple years than they were in 2019. Of what are we doing? And make him in a big red T-shirt, big red T-shirt, and stick it on a T-shirt because I am going to spam that gift. Every yeah, but overall, Super Bowl. I mean, it was a good time. Ultimately, very excited afterwards, and then just the. I think the past week has been a, fun, a really fun time on Twitter. Just all the receipts, uh, all the, I mean, all the people. The friends are getting involved too. Them groups are over there. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say, there's a lot of. All the screenshots. There's a lot I, of bragging rights that the Chiefs got and Chiefs fans got with this one because literally everyone could have. All the on earth, man. Yeah, because, I mean, to be fair, like, everyone had a very valid point of saying the, all these things, but it did, Kyle, did not matter. Kyle mentioned validation, and I, I'm not going to name names because I don't necessarily want to give this person more attention than what they are desperately crying for nearly every day uh, on Twitter and the Chiefs. Are you potentially kingdoms? referring to the biggest failure of Last Chance U that somehow still is talking publicly? <laughs> oh, oh no, not that. No, I would not. Jeez, we'll talk about worse. that guy. Um, yeah, we won't even... Um, I'm talking about as a fan, somebody who said, and I quote, Joe Burrow will get his first before Patrick gets his second. And uh, that receipt floated across my timeline this week. And I I am lying if I tell you that I didn't stop for a minute and just just took it in. Just took it in. Didn't have to say anything. Give him a couple initials or something. Give him a hint for who tweeted that, Jim. I... I will say that this individual is uh, known for their allegiance to the Cincinnati Bengals as long as they're successful, and depending on some other, maybe some other teams, maybe, <laughs> the, boys, maybe the uh, there's a there's a little bit of a checkered history there, but they are a diehard 
Cincinnati Bengals fan since like 2020. Right. Yeah. I think I think I've I think I've pieced together who you got there. So on that same vein, where we're uh, uh sh- sh- well, that that individual has made scroll your Twitter timeline, Garrett. You'll find it. Um. <laughs> On that same vein, well, you guys talked about something though that I wanted to touch on in your guys's reactions, and the and the re, and you guys didn't have the oh this is ours until Butker hit the field goal. And honestly, for me, and I know I talked earlier, and this is a different feel for me this whole game a little bit. And I was a little up and down at the, through that first you know half where it was like, why do we always do the ten point thing? Why every game? But especially my home's. You know, he's getting ankle rolled up on the end there too. It's like I, oh no. It's it's the meme that's uh that kills me every time I see it. It's it's Patrick Mahomes that says, Oh, you've got a ten point lead. Now you must pay the Patrick price. <laughs> and I I can't every time, man, every time. It's good. So on that note though, I and I didn't expect an a, a player to say this out loud. I also didn't expect an opposing player to be say this out loud or get caught on the mic'd up with it. But yeah. for me, that game ended when they kicked that field goal. Right. AJ Brown. When they kicked that. the field goal to go from 24-21 to 27-21, I went, that's not what that you field goals are fine in the first 30 minutes in this game. They don't work in the second half against this quarterback. That's a problem. And it wasn't just AJ Brown. And I'm not that I just was surprised he said it out loud because yeah. most of the time the players don't say the quiet part out loud. Yeah. He said it. And Jason Kelsey said it on the podcast with Travis. We know against Patrick Mahomes, field goals don't work. Yeah, that was and a big. That was a big them. win. They kicked two of them. We've kicked two of them, and one of ours doinked, and we still won the game. Or actually, we kicked three of them. One of ours doinked, and we still won the game. Yeah, well, no, that was a big win that to end that drive. Them only getting so, a field goal, and it's finally like, okay, we have a chance to actually take the lead with a score here. With that said, though, and and like I said, for me, that being the point. What was it then and all the way up to Butker or, and I guess even I would say up to even McKinnon stopping at the one yard line, not being enough for you guys to be like, are you just worried Butker's going to miss a 27 yarder? No, I guess really I was a little more comfortable, especially after the Kadarius Tony punt return. That's when it really set in like, oh man, this like not only it might, that's when it set in like, this might not be as hard of a victory to finish out, you know, like now all of a sudden it's like, that is a huge play that will get us over that hump. And even stopping him on that drive was pretty huge. Um, Cause we still had a one point lead at that point. Right. So it was like, it was a win. So, but you know, even still with Butker, I mean, I can't say I wasn't nervous with Butker lining that one up. Just, I know Butker's automatic, but he's, you know, you never know. You just never know. Tom, what do you think? So, uh, no, I think that I think the punt return was the moment and that that Sky Moore touchdown. I I was just going to share. Ironically, um, so you know the game had been um, kind of rough and they you know it was close and, and I had been glued to the TV and, and I remember going, all right, they're going to punt the ball here. I'm going to run to the bathroom real quick and come back. And I was in the bathroom. And <laughs> I yeah yeah I know. And like uh, I could I couldn't do anything. I was midstream. I was did? midstream man, and I couldn't. You would ba- you risked the bathroom after what Sky did last week on the podcast. Listen, it was a rookie move. I know. Especially rookie move. They had a 
backup rookie punter who I um, didn't even know they had a backup punter until he yeah, punted it. That was a fun, was that was an was interesting like, yeah, I, development. That I will say, um, thing. man, shout out to Kadarius Tony for having a great second half. But yeah, oh, that, yeah, that, that play, that did it for beast. me. That was all the momentum shift. I was like, all right, we're going to do this. Shout out to him for maintaining his feet because I definitely thought he was going down when he stopped because that field was an ice rink. And yeah. I say that as somebody who's played hockey oh and my most of my time on ice, that was insane. Yeah, yeah I mean, you would have thought they were playing in a swamp with the way. Yeah, that ended up the field. Up. The field conditions ended up being one of the bigger talking points of the game after the fact, and even during the game, well, if you watched the mic. Freaking field. Yeah. But even if you were watching them mic'd up, like even the players were talking about it on the sideline, oh, yeah. how bad it, it was the bad. field it was. was I, they got to stop worrying about making the grass green, guys. I don't care if the grass is green. Well, yeah. Run on the grass. Is that more important? Yeah, it was interesting. They used some kind of special golf uh, grass and instead they of like it to, normal turf. And... Yeah, and it's it was anyway, not the best setup. And so yeah, that was a big I, talking I point. Up, I brought up the comfortability thing to bring up this for two pers- two pieces. Because one, we Tom mentioned setting proper expectations, and then you guys talked about not being comfortable until that ball basically was through or that Kadarius Tony run. The expectations have changed, and and the players know it, especially the players that need to know it. 15, 87, 95, they these those three guys are aware that the expectations are different. The expectations now are do you have Patrick Mahomes? Yes. Super Bowl contender. That's it. And and it's basically the expectations now are, do you have Patrick Mahomes and are you somewhat competent and halfway put together? Yeah. Then it's Super Bowl or bust. There's no more. This isn't the YMCA anymore, especially for this team in the professional sports level. Guys, the expectation from now forward is every year is a Super Bowl year. That's just what it is. And it's because of what they did this year. And I think we need to remember that and acknowledge that. And we need to properly assign credit to some people who we will do so throughout this episode, I am sure. But I just wanted to touch on that point because I think that's really important to what we talk about on this show. It's going to be a theme of this show going forward, I have a feeling, for the next hopefully 15-ish, 20 years, boys. So yeah. that that thing and is the key for me in in this whole Super Bowl. That's if we if we did a what did we learn segment. That's what I learned. That's the new reality for this team, this organization, this fan base. Well, you wanted to be the Patriots, kids. You are. I mean, this is as much as the popular. You know, a lot of it's a we're in the seat of people don't like us because they're so good. What you, what we saw in this game was, you know, not just validation, but it was legacy defining. It was, it was defining. I, Too I will say this. I will say this with complete confidence. Now, Andy Reid is a top five coach in NFL history, period. Me. Uh, you know, One. Patrick Mahomes, hall of fame quarterback at 27 years old. It's, it's all gravy from here. Dude's going into Canton if that wasn't clear enough, right? Two rings, two rings before 27, two Super Bowl MVPs, first MVP to win Super Bowl in 20 years. Keep going. On and on and on and on. And the dude did it on one leg, right? Like this is, I think we're going to look back at this and understand that this was not like when you look at the, the like picture of all of that and understand um, 
one of the things that like I just was hoping like, and I don't think he'd ever do it, but like just I don't know if you guys have ever seen a high uncle sprain. I don't know if you've ever seen hmm. what it looks like when it bruises and swells, hmm. and you know, uh, I think of a couple many many years ago when Brett Favre played on one. Uh, for the Vikings, and they sh- there was a picture of his foot that got leaked shortly after, I think it was the NFC Championship game against the Saints, and that thing looked, it didn't look like a human foot, <laughs> uh, and so I just, you know, I think of, like, you know, Patrick, I, the amount of just sheer willpower he had, and he got, we saw him in pain, you know, and, and, and I think he said that, you know, that hit in the Super Bowl was the most pain he'd been in since the initial injury, like, it's it was just wild, like, that was gritty. So here, here it is, legacy defining. You have Andy Reid as a top five coach in NFL history. You have Patrick Mahomes solidifying himself as a Hall of Fame quarterback and and one of the best, if not, and, and will very likely finish his career as you know in the discussion as he's you know, already best on the Rushmore. Yes, and then one one that I think gets overlooked, and this is we'll, we'll throw this out there. Here's my spicy my spicy meatball take for the day: Brett Veach. I don't know what what GM in the NFL you're going to take over him. Anybody got I, Brett Veach, None. one of the best, if not the best GM in the NFL, gentlemen. I mean the roster, uh, the roster create like how he sculpted this roster this year. It's crazy. It's actually crazy to kind of think about in hindsight. Like this, it doesn't happen. It just does not happen. Like you don't have eleven rookies contributing. You don't have six, seven, eight guys who are getting meaningful snaps in the Super Bowl who are all rookies who you completely just replaced a veteran cast of guys who have been there for the last Super Bowl. I mean, there were so many guys not on this team for there the last Super Bowl. There were 16 players that have two rings for this team. So, yeah. yeah. Like, you, you, you lose out on what? You lose Tyron Matthew. You lose... Two-thirds of the roster. You know, Tyreek Hill. You lose guys like Tarverius Ward. You lose guys, like, all over the place. starting in that first Super Bowl. Starters. Like, like you're losing starters, replacing them with rookies... And just banking on them showing up and learning, and they did. Like you, the evaluation yeah. process, the, his whole team, okay. like, great at hats off of, to him. At risk of repeating what I did after the AFC Championship game, where I pulled receipts somewhat on the Andy, <laughs> Brett Beach, Eric Bieniemy conversation, Spagnolo, Tobe, all the, all the, everybody has to be fired crap. Okay, look, y'all. Might still have to talk about Tobe. Just kidding. <laughs> what? Brett Veach, I'm I'm going to narrow it down to two specific ones right now because I think their impact on this specific season, um, actually I'm going to go three because I have to, is is tantamount to, and they're not going to be the main names that we talk about. We talk about Andy all the time. We talk about Spags all the time. Those are names we talk about constantly. Eric Bieniemy, who we are losing to Washington and I say losing because I know some of this fan base doesn't think that he matters but you guys are idiots if that's still what you think I'm sorry because one of the things that he did in this Super Bowl specifically I don't know if he just sat next to Andy Reid while he was sleeping for two weeks and went we're gonna run the ball more we're gonna run the ball more we're gonna consistently run the football no 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 we're gonna keep we're no we're gonna run the ball we're gonna at least get 20 touches we're gonna at least get 20 rushes no no we're gonna run the because look y'all we have been watching Andy Reid coach football games for how long many many years in huge games and we talked about on this show big games they default back to what they know correct what does Andy do? They throw, throw, throw. What did they do in this game? 
Patrick had 182 freaking yards, y'all. <laughs> now, was he 13 for 14 in the second half and the only throwaway hit the freaking stadium bleachers because he was thrown out of the back of the end zone because they covered his tackle on the on the trick play? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Look, y'all. They ran the football consistently. They ran the right running plays. They took that Philadelphia Eagles defense. They had a positive EPA on the ground. 0.24 yeah, on the ground. That does the right happen. running plays. They ran all of the right running yeah. plays. Okay, that that's Eric Bieniemy's piece. Here's the other one of the other guys. Brett Veach is who we just started this with. It is what brought me to this. He took Spagnolo's "I won't play rookies" and said, "Guess what, bud? That's go. all you have. You don't have anything else." You have to trade away Rashad a Penny. bunch of old dudes who are playing limited snaps who have to be rotational players, and you have 10-year-olds. And this is no offense to the rookies. It's just in the, when it comes to the NFL standards, that's a fact. At the, when they started at rookie minicamp, they might as well have been learning what a school lunch was with passing periods and hall passes. I mean, you don't know literally, the between like, elementary no, and middle. We talked about this after the draft. Most, I think all but maybe one or two guys in the draft class were – like 22 and younger we there george Karloftis had turned 21 like he could just he was maybe only able to drink for like six months <laughs> of the year like kids were just turning have, 21 yeah, a lot of look at the results parade. of the parade about yeah that. yeah all, well, guys, there was a wheelchair yeah let's say yeah so but to, to the point great experiences a we're done with fire so-and-so every freaking year in the middle yeah. of the season, we're done with that entirely suppose, when it comes I to suppose. Beach, especially because what he did Maybe this year was a he took he took Spagnolo's crutch away from him entirely. He traded Rashad Fenton, and everybody went, "Oh my God, we just traded Rashad Fenton! What happened?" And guess You're what? a pro Rashad Fenton podcast, but and yes, I like did. Rashad Fenton. This is yeah. not knocking Rashad Fenton, but it worked. Not good for us that year, and yeah. you know, he did. Everything that you have to do, all the stuff that fans don't like. He traded the big name guy that we're supposed to keep, a la Randy Moss, a la name a New England Patriot that they didn't pay that they got rid of to get a bunch of depth back. He, they did all the hard stuff, and his scouting department absolutely hammered it. Hammered the third it. person that gets no talk and was a defensive coordinator last season is Joe Cohen and what that defensive line group did after all of, and I, cause I can't get to everybody because Andy Heck deserves one too, but Joe Cohen and what that D line group did from what that D line group was last season to what they were this season to what they did in the post season. You, you have to talk about it because they took a group of, Frank Clark and Carlos Dunlap and a bunch of kids. And they set, they put 55 sacks up, got second in the league in sacks, and they made every big play they needed to in, in down the stretches. And they did the thing they had to do, which was keep the linebackers clean in the Super Bowl. And what happened? Dividends. So, I, pop quiz, because I just learned the stat today. How many rookies from this year's draft class played over 600 snaps for Kansas City. Does that include special team snaps? Including special team snaps. I, I don't know the number, but I'm going to say eight. Seven? Eight. Seven. We have... 
me. I got I got one more. One that, that just missed the cutoff. The answer is six. Oh, George Karloftis. Karloftis so like played 730 snaps on defense and 70 on special teams. That's 800 snaps. Uh, it uh, just, should have been eight, but there's guys that missed a ton of time because of freaking injuries. Yeah, well, I was going to say there's um, – I will, I will say this just for reference, right? I think Frank Clark, we've established him as a starter. He played about 717. He obviously didn't play any special teams. So um, going down the list here, Leo Chennault barely missed the list at 542 snaps. By the way, the, Leo? The guy we his, said barely touched the field for like the yeah. entire season. But yeah, he saved his best for last man. He They're was like, eating yep. glass and kicking ass personnel. in the Super Bowl. There were some plays Dang. where he – you needed him. You needed exactly what he is. I was say, like the whole concept. Stick his head in there. Literally, the reason back. you drafted Leo Chanel yep. was for what he did in the Super Bowl. Like yep. you use him as a Sam linebacker in base formation and just run down and throw. He's a battering. He did. Yep. He literally did exactly that against one of the best run teams in the league. That's they look. I don't know. Miles Sanders got hit by on that initial play and fumbled. <laughs> And I think right then everybody on that in that Philly backfield went, oh, these boys, because that whole first drive, the defense was just leveling people. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, it started with and it, the, it, it started with a rookie. It started with Trent McDuffie coming out. We, yeah. we forget it. We forget because yeah. it's the first play of the game, and so much happened afterwards. But Trent McDuffie leveled. I think it was Kenneth Gainwell. Just absolutely. Miles Sanders. Was it Sanders? It, it looked like it looked like that hit. I thought Devontae uh, Smith got a huge shot too. That was just Reed that blew. That was later on. Yeah, yeah. that. But McDuffie too, you know. first play of the Eagle snap lights the dude up. It looked like that play from uh, Reggie Bush. You know, Welcome to the NFL from from two thousand six. Yeah. Like it was it was textbook. Um, they played with physicality. Trent McDuffie, who missed a big part of the season with an injury, six hundred eighty two snaps in coverage. Uh, Jalen Watson, six hundred five. Brian oh, Cook, three forty two. Joshua Williams, 437. Those both, uh, Cook and Williams, both made it over 600 snaps on special teams, which, again, we talk about the special teams issues. One of the things that we didn't really factor in with Tobe is he had a lot of rookies. Uh, who's <laughs> um, I spammed that button on this podcast. We, all three of us, I think. I think, I think all three of us said no. no. Um, I'm still, you know, like, I – there were just – Really, like the one guy who didn't do like Nazi Johnson had a hundred steps on special teams, and he was kind of up and down. And like, he was the last pick that he they made, like two thirty, <laughs> whatever the hell it was. Yeah. So Sky Moore, uh, let's see where he was at. He he came in at three hundred and thirteen snaps and thirty one on special teams. So he wasn't like technically he was our least productive or least snapped rookie if you don't count Nazi Johnson. And he was somebody well, also again, Daring Kennard, right? Plays. Oh yeah. I guess Daring Kennard. I forgot. Yeah. He exists. He's like, he was like actually a true like reserve guard he's, prospect. He's your, he's your like seventh or eighth offensive lineman. Yeah. yeah. Like he is, he was actually yeah. like a reserve. Project he's a developmental guy. Like everybody else. Yeah, only yeah, only guy you didn't need immediate could, contribution from. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I say all that to say you had rookies playing. I mean, over, I mean, McDuffie probably would have played way more snaps had he not had the injuries. He's at almost 60% of all the snaps. Watson was at 52%. Williams was at 38%. Like, these guys didn't leave the field, right? Especially after uh, Fenton was gone. The, you know, and it's just, it's such a testament to uh, not just Veach for finding these guys, but Spagnolo for bringing them along. And, you know, we I mean, we talked about early in the season, there were some bumps with that secondary. But, man, did they 
did they catch Dave on? Said it. Yeah, they may like they weren't rookies by the time they got there anymore. And just just hats off to, and to they that, knew it. That's that the biggest key. They were saying that they knew that they rookie doesn't count when you hit the postseason. You're not a rookie anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah. and, and I, I think this group is going to be special, man, long term. I know Trent McDuffie talked about it the week of the Super Bowl. Um, that class, you know, the, the defensive backs, the Watson, Cook, McDuffie, Williams, and Johnson, you know, they were during the draft, like shortly after draft, they were talking about, you know, being the Fab Five, you know, comparing themselves to the old uh, Detroit Pistons. And um, I think Leo Chanel was talking Michigan. about getting them there, and, and they had like a, a – University of Michigan, baby. Yeah, they had like a – I'm sorry, I don't know baseball. Um, but I uh, – you know, they have like the rookie study group, um, you know, and that kind of thing. Like, you know, they, this is a group that really took it to heart. We saw George Karloftis, you know, working with Frank Clark, um, you know, during training. Yeah, home run swing. And uh, what was that home run swing? I said Chris Weber had a mean home run swing. Like, probably. I'm sure he Probably. Did. I mean, he probably um, did. It sounds like somebody who played for like the Minnesota Twins. I don't Is that a thing still? Yeah. Anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. I, I just really think that you have a core group of guys here who, uh, if they if they can keep that nucleus, uh, by the way, secondary players, they get expensive. And uh, when you have young guys on contracts like that, you are in a really good position to build your roster out. Not that we're allowed to talk about things like the draft and the offseason yet, but again, my going back to my take, Brett Veach, I don't know what GM you want in the NFL over him right now. I, I can't think of somebody. I don't either. You know what else I don't think I would take anyone else over? I would not take another running back in the league over Isaiah Pacheco. And I'm just, rookie I'm just, we didn't even talk about. Yeah, that, that is the one. That is one now. other rookie that uh, absolutely just killed it. I mean, not he had not a huge game, but what I mean, the run game, the runs that he had, the like all the stuff that was dialed up. Tremendous performance by him. I mean, two rookies. Yeah, him. Him and Jarek McKinnon were both hammering the rock just yeah. all over the Eagles defense. It was so to cement to, to cement Tom's point about Beach. Two rookies scored touchdowns in the Super Bowl. One of them scored his first touchdown <laughs> in the Super Bowl. Now, you, me, Garrett, Tom, my my wife could have caught that touchdown pass and scored because Eric Bieniemy <laughs> and Andy Reid. Corn dogs, pants baby. down on it's just not fair. It's corn dogs, man. Fair. You can't have just one. Can't have yeah, just, just one, just one of dogs. big and red corn dogs, baby. Up wrong for skies. It's even that was hilarious. So and the, the, anyway, what's even more ridiculous is Mahomes afterwards saying like, "Oh yeah, I saw that we were lined up wrong," and I was just like, "You know what? Just said, let's just do it." Pointed and he's like, "He's over there," and he's like, and "He looks. Wow. He's like, all right, I all guess right. let's just try it." And then it just works perfectly still. Like, crazy to think about on the biggest stage. A play is lined up wrong like that and just, just like, nothing. It's nothing for them. They don't, just, they don't, yeah. well, they do so much of the impromptu, improvisational move around, figure it out on the fly stuff that this stuff is natural to them as an offense. Yeah. And what a key that they picked up. I mean, from on those two plays, obviously, two game-changing touchdowns that were just walk-ins like that's something that's a lot of film and that's a lot of study time from the whole offensive staff i thought Andy, the first one EB. was just darius tony being a freak athlete and making somebody like fall and look stupid when he put his foot in the ground and cut back on that motion 
And then Sky did it, and he was more open than Kadarius was. And I was like, oh. I mean, there's actually a picture, a very far away picture of Sky Moore walking into the end zone with actually nobody around him, like <laughs> it says, at least 30 yards around it him. It says this is a touchdown in the Super Bowl against the number one defense uh, in the league. Sky Moore looked like like in that touchdown. It looked like, it looked like me when I show up at the club, and it's just. There's just nobody around. I'm no like, one around. A big gaping hole me. right there. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what but it was like. so, it's crazy, crazy play call right there. I mean, you know, there wasn't a couple. Into all of this over multiple episodes, we'll, we'll break down different portions of the game. But yeah. as far as this episode, we kind of want to keep it general and just go through the game as a whole. For you guys, and Garrett, I want you to go first. On the, which play in this game... And there were a lot of them because the score was, as we know, 38-35. Was, yeah. the, was the play that I think – I think what I'm looking for is the play that you enjoyed most, not necessarily the one that was the biggest impact or necessarily the biggest um, – like the turning point necessarily, but just a the biggest play that you enjoyed the most that, that you had fun with in the game. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to choose from, and we've already talked about a lot of them. I think one of the – honestly, one of the more enjoyable ones, maybe a little underrated – Mahomes is 26 some yard scramble near the end there where he just takes off and it's like, Oh my God, he's running. This is huge. Like it had, it had like uh 2019 uh, AFC championship Titans run. It had like a vibe to that where it's like, Oh my God, he's, he's going like, he's still going. Um, absolutely huge chunk play. And just another reminder, like Mahomes is so dangerous with his legs. It's something that no one ever talks about except for us. It feels like, how I'm glad, I'm glad huge of a part of that. I'm so yeah. glad that that's the one you brought up because Tom said something about Patrick earlier when he was talking about the, he's just so this and that. You get to see quarterbacks all over the earth with tons of talent and tons of ability. Most of the guys that make it through the NFL, even the ones that suck, are stupid freaking talented. Do you know the difference between most of them? What you watched on Sunday. That guy, first of all, Tom was talking about high ankle sprains earlier. For those of you who have never experienced that, don't try to experience it. Don't wish to experience it. Don't even dream about experiencing it. It's one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever done in my life. And I dislocated my kneecap entirely. I've broken all kinds of bones. And I have medical conditions. It's one of the most uncomfortable comfortable and ridiculously long nagging frustrating injuries to deal with the amount of toughness and the amount of just yep nope doing it anyway to get it re-rolled right before halftime and then to go out and do what he did we, we tom said it he was Head down on Rick Burkholder's shoulder on the sideline, scream crying in agony on his way to the sideline. To run that yeah. 26 yards, to do the other running scramble drills he did all game long. The amount of gut, and that's why he's different. That's why he's the leader. That's why he's special. That's why his dad is telling him post game, I've never seen anything like you. You're different. His dad's not telling him, love you, congratulations. It's, oh, my God, you're an alien, and I'm oh, your father. <laughs> right? Like, that that level of baseball. that dude is you, you can't. So, Tom, 
your play and your stuff, unless you want to expand on that a little more? Um, no, I mean, like, one of the things that we talked about with Pat Mahomes Sr. and, like, even with just Patrick being, like, raised, like, he was in those major league, like, locker rooms. and um, Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, he was around some, you know. So he's like, you're built. I mean, for him to say that, he's not just saying that in the sense of, like, I was a football player. I agree. Like, I hate to just be like, oh, yeah, that was a play. Like, but, like, for me, I've, I mean, I've watched, I think we've all could say pretty confidently we've watched just about every snap of Patrick Mahomes' career. I've seen him run and take off plenty of times. That you could tell that hurt. You could tell. Oh, yeah. Like, it was just like, no limp. You want to talk about, you want to talk I'm about, putting my foot in the ground and going, <laughs> no limp, screw you. That's what that was. Yeah. You want to talk about that's over my dead body? I mean, this, we're talking like oh, this yeah. game's like, you're going to have to cut his legs off. To get him, y'all thought he was stop. mad the first time when he um, first injured it, and they wanted him to go get an X-ray, and they tried to keep him out of the game. Dude, yeah, <laughs> Ada had to shoot him to keep him out of the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I mean that sincerely, in the in like the, you know, it's like that. That's that maniacal competitiveness that defines the best athletes, right? Um, I'm trying to remember if this was during the broadcast, if this was another time, but they talked about. Um, you know, the Jordan flu game, and this is going to be up there. I think this is, and I think that right now, like we have such a reactionary like sports fan base and everybody wants to complain about, you know, um, this and that. And, you know, I, I don't even want to touch the ref stuff because it's been dissected enough and it's just not, you know, not. If like, you think Carl Shepard, Chiefs, you're insane. Go away. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, if you want, listen, if you want me to sit here and defend we'll Carl, we'll we're, we're going to be in agreement, but like, um, oh, yeah, he uh, sucks. We know. We are very oh, aware. Yeah. Yep. Scout has come to voice his displeasure of uh, – You heard uh, Rep talking. Scout. had to come shout so, out. Uh, what's up? What, how do you feel about Carl Sheffer, Scout? Do you have any thoughts? No? First time um, ever. <laughs> yeah, first time ever. He, <laughs> he says, let me let me in here. Um, no, but, but sincerely, like, we're going to look back at this historically and go, holy cow, what – and that's and we've said this several times this season. Enjoy it, guys. Enjoy it. Don't get caught up in all the Twitter arguments and all the people who are bitter losers and and, and all that stuff. Man, enjoy this enjoy special. The you know, one once in a lifetime, probably once in an ever talent that is Patrick Mahomes. Oh, this there is, is one nothing like ever. it. You this, this look, Gretzky, Tiger, MJ, LeBron, Co- whichever version of the nba you want to argue um insert your goat in your sport insert your best talented and not most accomplished everybody take a deep breath tom is very very accomplished and was very great quarterback that's all fine that's a good yeah he's he's literally doing things we've never seen and he's doing them in ways that we've never seen them done the tom stuff is all a great conversation tom also had a fantastic organization and a hall of fame head coach too except he was on the other side of the ball, so it looks different. Look, guys, appreciate what you have, because Andy and Patrick are in that conversation with Bill and Tom, whether anybody wants to like it or not. It's just a fact. Um, it, God, the only thing I'll add to Mahomes is, are you joking? You're not a human. He came out and said, and I quote, I did not take any pain-killing injections. And frankly... Kiss my what? Look, y'all, I again, I go back to if you've never had that injury and don't know what that feels like, the second that I saw them re-roll it, I was like, man, it's a good thing half halftime's 30 minutes. They got time to get that shot in there early, let that thing set in and take advantage, get it ready to go for halftime and get him loose. No, 
I don't know how many Tylenol he took, but he didn't take an injection according to. <laughs> and he was, and I'm, and I'm telling you, he was specific with his wording when he answered that question for a reason. Yeah. But all the crap and all the stuff that him and. Oh. Oh man, Kyle got Him and Bobby <laughs> and Rick and and what they do to keep these guys because it's not just Patrick at this point. You can see his impact. You remember when Tom had uh, what was that facility with TV Twelve Industries or Institute with his trainer and whatnot? Yeah. And how a lot of the Patriots guys were worked out there. Have you guys happened to notice the amount of Chiefs players that work out with Bobby and them now? It's growing. George, Bobby Witt Jr. You know from the Royals across town. Patrick, like. I wouldn't mind seeing Kadarius Tony spend some time with Bobby to make sure that those uh, hamstrings stay a little more pliable and friendly to, to him going forward. Like, guys, Andy, Pat, this setup, what they've done, you got to start giving Clark Hunt respect too because we can give all the credit to Andy and them all we want. This works because he went and found the people and he's willing to write the checks. Yeah, legit. He really is. He's the whole – I mean – it's a the whole Chiefs operation. It's something that you can't easily replicate. Like I think it's been a talking point, especially with the the draft coming up. Um, all the talking points about how you can emulate what the Chiefs have done, and you just really can't. Like Good you luck. can't just draft a first round quarterback, sit him for a year, and then have the best player in the game. There's a lot more to it than sit that. him for a year while you make a playoff run with his with the guy who's mentoring him, and then send that guy off into what should have been a sunset and turned out to be a nightmare. Yeah, it's 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 a very unique situation that the Chiefs got, and yeah, it starts from the top, works all the way to the bottom. So, Kyle, or Tom, I guess, Tom, you didn't say your favorite play, Tom. You yeah, know, he did, he stole you. yours. Yeah, so you can't I mean, have the same I, one as me. I gotta steal yours. I, <sighs> you want me to I don't have this document because I was... I Nick was Bolton. I live that Super Bowl MVP Franklin, for Nick Bolton. I'm going to say this. If we want to talk ref crap, the text message that I got from uh, everybody that's been watching yeah. the sport for 25 years or more, that's yeah, a catch that's... from everything we've ever known. So yeah. we can talk refs and stuff all day long. But yeah. Nick Bolton, not I'll only does he make the read and force Jalen Hurts to drop the football, not only does he discard Jalen Hurts like he's not there because, mm-hmm. let's be real, Jalen Hurts is not a small human. And then he Watch 600 to, pounds. Yeah, and then he proceeds to scoop and score and scoop and score comfortably a touchdown and then do it again on making another perfect play in, in a spot uh, where we've killed him. Everybody's killed him. He's not a coverage linebacker. Well, guess what he was in this game? He was an everything linebacker. So yeah, no, Nick Bolton was everywhere. That play, and recovery to for me is that play. Yeah, I uh, – this is going to be bad, and I'm sorry to do this. I'm, I'm just going to apologize in advance. But I, I can't not be honest because I, I watched that play, and my exact thoughts were Zach Eisen's probably in shambles right now. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Zach. Love you, bro. <laughs> that was my exact thought, uh, especially after the second one. I was like, oh, no, Zach's going to have oh, yeah, to <laughs> really. I knew they were going to be absolutely uh, on fire. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Zach. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Um, also, no, I want to say – on the record, yeah. I don't think that second one was a catch. I can't, I mean, uh, if it was called, if it was grew up watching, that's a catch. If it yeah. was called a catch on the field, I think it could have been enough to reverse it. But 
No, it was called a catch. On it the was field. called a catch on the field. They oh, it was a catch, a scoop, and a score. That's that's yeah. where I, I don't I know. Also was questionable. I, but I was a little again, sus on it. I, I didn't the refs, make the call, but yeah, the refs it was. Are gonna be. It was one where I would have very clients. much expected the Chiefs to not get that call. So I I don't think they're yeah. gonna call it a catch in this era, but for fifty years, that's a catch. I yeah. mm, see. I was even I was even accounting for like the adjustment, like the football move stuff, because we've we've been burned by that before. I thought to me when he turns his body upfield, that's that's a that's a move for me. He had but two feet. I also understand. He has possession and he gets yeah. rocked. I think I think it's one of those. I know I know like time of possession isn't really considered a factor into that, but if you slowing it down, it makes it look a lot more like a catch. I think I think live action. It's it was very ultra slow mo. Yeah, like I think in the ultra like in the very split second that he had the ball, I think he did all the things to institute a catch, but it was also just a very short amount of time. That was a good hit. It was very well played. My favorite play. Um, Yes. To circle back, not to cut you guys off, but we are closing <laughs> on that dangerous one-hour mark. So um, we knew this one was going to be long. I, I didn't do. document this during because I, I try to stay off Twitter, especially during big games. Like I said, I was with my family. Um, I've said this before on this podcast. I'm such a big Kadarius Tony fan, and the health is obviously a key part. But I think it wouldn't surprise me if Kadarius Tony was wide receiver one going into the season next year. Uh, but he's watching got, he's got him, special to him. Yeah, yeah, I got some. I've got some. As in, as in, as in, like one, like like they used to use ten kind like, of one. I am the one, the one, the one. Not how they used to use ten, but no, no, I don't mean. Like, I don't. Let me rephrase that. Not in a specific manner. In a usage yes. related. In a quantity yes, conversation. I think Patrick wants to. I think Tony has bought in. I think you're going to have an off season with Patrick. I think they're going to be on the same team. I think. I, listen, here's your here's your fantasy football spoiler for 2024. Find Kadarius Tony in the middle rounds of your draft and take him. I yeah. um, him up in dynasty for kibbles and bits because they didn't think he was squat with the Giants. Exactly. So it's all yeah. about health for him. But I think an off season with with Mahomes, I, he just man, he's fit into that locker room really well. Um, and I think that Mahomes wants to look for him. Um, but I, I just think his second half as a whole, you know, for me yeah. as a as a as somebody who was a fan of of him as an athlete, um, I remember just telling him like, man, I, I um, in fact I, I did I was texting a friend and I, I kept telling him like we need more Kadarius Tony we need more Kadarius Tony, and because the first half he was like, I think he just fielded like two punts and then we finally got him involved. I mean obviously the punt return was big and then the the touchdown catch and that motion and stuff, um, you know, corn dog was was huge, um, but. I just, I, man, what a what a special day for for Kadarius to go from a team that you know just for whatever reason that didn't work out. Um, Joe Judge, you know, we can we can narrow that down. We can yeah. we can root. Well, the and, and, and I'll say this, you know, we talk about character concerns and all that stuff, you know, and, and, and it's not Some, sometimes the character concerns are in the coaching staff and then the, yeah. the front office, yeah. not in the locker room. Well, lot, I think in this instance, it's just you know. Kadarius is a, is a is his own dude, right? He's he's, he's got some interest outside of yes. football and stuff. Like he's not some of those old school coaches are gonna like struggle. Unique man, they're all of, different. They all have personalities. This yeah, is 1975. Yeah, I think one of Andy Reid's biggest strengths. You talk about him as a player. He lets players be players. He lets them be themselves, and that's he lets oh, yeah. Kadarius do that. They when you let have Travis them. Kelsey. All of them. All, and that's not. And Andy gives that to everybody though. Andy, yeah. yeah. What you're talking about? And he needed that. 
what you're talking about, it it works not because the coach says to do that, but yeah. his Patrick, Travis, Chris, Frank, the leadership in that locker room, mm-hmm. they're all allowed to be themselves, and they yeah. let other guys know that it's okay to be themselves. Now, their rules, their structure, don't do dumb yep. things. Don't say stupid crap before games to the media. Don't do this. But We yeah. even broke that a little bit. It was still okay, though. Yeah. It, still, it still ended up being a little bit okay in the end. But, yeah, I mean, we are one of the best teams in the league in accommodating outside personalities Everybody like that. I mean, talk about Sean McVay and, and yeah, all these young hot head young coaches. Coach here. And exactly. he's been doing it for 30 years, guys. Yeah, I mean, we got Andrew Juju Ian this offseason, too. For a, mo- for a minute. Exactly. Which is, Terrell Owens. Like, Terrell Owens. And nobody like, got murdered. Like, you can't, insane on a full-on heater, Terrell Owens. I was say, in you the can't middle get, of his career. You, after, after he's deal, dealt with Terrell Owens, I mean, you can't get much much worse than that. Anything after that is cakewalk, basically, well, for Andy Reid. Don't, don't do that, because Terrell's not a bad dude. No, Terrell's not bad. He's yeah, not bad as in a lot of distractions. Yeah, it's just that's a lot to handle, and you need the right coach who's been there before to handle that. And Andy Reid is that guy. So, yeah, Kyle, favorite play here. Uh, I told you, Nick Bolton. Nick oh, Bolton, yeah. fumble, scoop score, baby. It's it's the hey man. All all year long, we said we talked about it in freaking training camp. Anthony Hitchens is gone. All of the depth at linebacker, all of the old guys at linebacker. No more Ben Neiman, no more Anthony okay. Hitchens, no more Reggie Ragland. None of those guys oh, exist. You have Nick Bolton is the senior. It's Nick and Willie are the leader, senior, senior linebackers in that locker room. And he's the green dot. It's all on him. And that Super Bowl required him to play at the level he played. And he, he answered played the bell. phenomenally. He played. Because he really had a huge them, game. They gave up 35 points and all that. That defense played their ass off. They were incredible. They yeah, took if, Philadelphia uh, and their rugby scrum fourth down oh, BS. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad you finally mentioned it. If if the Eagles didn't have that play, let's be real. If the Eagles did not know what that play was, 21 points. I mean, yeah, we would have absolutely slaughtered them. So like all these people saying Jalen Hurts had this historic game. He did. He had a good Jaylen game. Hurts. Excellent. He did. But look, but on this but, if they make him throw, I don't know that they can win this game. And he threw for three hundred yards. Jalen Hurts had a great game, and the Eagles had a great game. But if they don't have that play, is, the game looks significantly different. They have they they stand no shot basically. Um, so that play, pretty stupid, pretty stupid play. I think it's. Um, I, I think it's funny that the NFL is gonna look at one finally in our favor since every time we've ever brought something up, it gets thrown out. Yeah, I actually don't think it should be banned. I just think it's dumb. I, I think if you're gonna, I think I think it should be like and do the pushing thing. I just don't think you can line up with three guys behind your quarterback and just straight shove him across the line of scrimmage. I, I think that's gonna be the biggest part of it, and that's yeah. it's, it's not necessarily. And this is this conversation. For the record, this conversation was happening before the Super Bowl. It yeah, was. but it's yeah. a it's a similar to why you can't do things like that on field goal blocks. It's a player safety thing because one of those right. one of those plays, Jalen Hurts got the first down while he wasn't even like he was literally like pretty much somebody picked him up and In threw him yeah, over the pile. He had his hand on his forehead. Jalen Hurts' his whole body is off the ground. He's turned yeah. completely sideways and he ends up across the first down. Yeah, line. yeah, so I can actually see that being a player. Yeah, when you're in positions like that where you don't have your feet on it, like you, you talk about one of the things you, you coach at early ages keep your feet is under keep your you. feet, keep your base as square as you can, that type of thing. Terrifying if you don't have that, yeah, if you don't have that, you're, 
you're compromising a lot of that because it's because what's going to happen is you're going to have more of those aerial collisions and, and they look cool sometimes but man they those are those are pretty sketchy because you're not in control um well, you know that's what happened that's what terrified me when chris tried to jump and counteract that and caught him in midair chris's feet are completely up they're both yep. riding yeah, on the both, yeah yep. up in the air and at that point you're not in control of yourself you have other grown men who are pushing and pulling on you and you're not not all of them are on your team like it's just a recipe for and i, I yeah don't, go I, ahead listen, ban it. i i agree with the with that in, in that sense from safety i don't want to take away from what Jalen Hurts said he had a phenomenal no. game I mean, just even they when they that offense was struggling, he ran over two linebackers to get in. That was phenomenal. Yeah, he, yeah. I mean, listen, Jalen Hurts, brother, you deserve all the credit in the world. I'm not. I don't want to take a damn thing away all from out. you. You, yeah, hell of a performance. You I win think the MVP if you win the game, bud. You the game. Man, I think yeah. that you know we both quarterbacks did. You know, and, and it's it's kind of ironic in some ways because you would almost expect. The, like going into it, you'd also have expected those stat lines to be flipped. I right? did. Like, I literally oh, definitely. You know, 100%. I, the um, only thing I missed from my in-game betting on that entire on the entire game was I flipped Mahomes and Hurts' overs and unders on their passing yardage. That was it. Yeah. Yep. So I just I really think that it was just a phenomenal game from both guys. Um, you know, and, and at the end of the day, uh, hats off to Philadelphia. I I still love you know. I, there's so many players on the team. I love the the way they play football. Yeah, this we were blessed as football fans because I think these were the two best for football Philly. teams this season. Um, I think Philly really was the class of the NFC. So, um, oh yeah, that, you know, look, that's it's the just, best team out of the NFC. That, yeah, yeah, and it's just that it's conversation's over. Yeah, exactly. respect definitely respect for Nick Sirianni, all that stuff, man. I'm from the organization. I, I said earlier, like, who would I want other than Brett Veach? Like, Howie Roseman's number two on that list for me. He's but, pretty good too. He is yeah, pretty good. they're and they're in good posi- they're in a good position. But man. And all that to say, just to circle back to how special Patrick Mahomes is, to be able to take on the best of the best. Over my dead body. Pull it out. So let's do this because we're getting ready to get out of here. I want to do two things. The thing you guys have enjoyed the most since winning this one as far as celebrations or what you've got to do or gear or whatever it is or stuff you've seen, um, whatnot. But I do want to do this, and I want to take a couple minutes. One, I want to shout out. We talked about the respect we have for Philadelphia. I think it's fantastic that Chiefs Kingdom also shares that respect because I we would be remiss to not spend a couple of moments to talk about if you have not yet and you are a member of Chiefs Kingdom and you have the opportunity to or can do it financially by the means, go over to Travis and Jason's either New Heights show, Jason's Twitter, wherever, go find his Be Philly campaign and donate $14.90 to it like Chiefs Kingdom has. The, this fan base has raised over a hundred thousand dollars for J for Jason's charity. Um, it's an awesome thing. Uh, we love the Kelsey family. Obviously it was awesome to see Donna get to have her moment in the sun. She couldn't have, there's not a family yeah. right now that I think probably deserves more than what they're getting at this moment. As far as flowers are concerned. Um, Donna has been incredible throughout the entire thing. Uh, Ed, dad kelsey was has been great too it's it's just been a great fun thing to watch but what's come out of it and and the good that that hopefully that that money can do in that area in in in, in philly um and and with that charity is is awesome and i just want to a again tell jason and everybody how much we respect them but also shout out chiefs kingdom for doing what we know that this fan base is very much capable of which is being that good home, down home, Midwestern fan base, even if we're spread all over the globe, all over the coasts, 
the mentality is the same and we love to take care of and show respect to our others. So shout out to the kingdom for showing out and stepping up and, and doing that for, for Jason and for Philadelphia after the fact being good sports in it. Yeah, definitely shout out to Philadelphia that a lot, a lot of respect, both the week before and the week after um, really it was, you know, the, the kind of the week after celebration, a lot less geared towards Philadelphia and more towards like Bengals fans, a little bit of Bills fans and just kind of, well, national the rest of the AFC West, national Damn media, man. all that stuff. Definitely like pulling all the receipts and just, yeah, it's funny the kind of the narrative that's had taken place where it's like all everyone was confused why the Chiefs thought they were underdogs. And it's like, oh, you guys, I guess, are stupid. You guys haven't been paying attention because so here's 100 million thing. receipts. This goes to the Patriots thing. Yeah. Remember how we used to always be like, where do you guys imagine all this slights from? And Julian Edelman's making t- – Wes Welker's making T-shirts about und- un- underdogs. And what is all this right. crap? Guys, guys, this is it. This is We are Mark here. Scott we are the Patriots. Mark Scott and Derek Carr's brother and, and the seven other talking heads that give you your fuel. Guess what? The players use it because they've talked about it. They use it. We know. That's fine. They have to at this point. You have to manufacture motivation from anywhere. This is another part of being a dynasty. This is another part of being this team. They're the hunted. We've talked about this for a several years now. Everybody wanted to pretend like the hunted changed. It didn't. It's still the hunted. The Bengals wanted to talk about being the big dog, but they don't want one game and when it matters. So let's everybody remember game, so it's kind of where crazy. it runs. So again, the celebration stuff has been great because the after stuff has been fun. But for me and Garrett, what's your big moment though of your celebration afterwards? What's been the most fun celebration? I know it's different. It's hard because you're out way separated from. I know. I wish I was at the parade. The parade, honestly, I partied pretty hard just for the parade, just watching at home. I was watching. Uh, was Which covers did you watch? There was I watched uh, forty-seven options. 41 i forget what what what's kshb 41 kshb 41 yeah that's who i watch and i was cracking up some open some that's, cold uh, ones that shout a out time. to mick schaefer and aaron ladd and yeah they had some great they had some great coverage of the parade very comprehensive and to be honest, i want to get your opinion because how that parade seemed free i mean the parade seemed free i was electric. gonna save mine for the end because i want tom to i know his. i know but the parade i wish i was there because that seemed like a great time that parade was i'll, I'll get i'll get phenomenal we'll talk about the parade tom what was your fine. tom what's your favorite celebration moment it's, it's got to be the receipts the the, the narrative yeah. that when people were like um and gosh who, I, i'm trying to remember who it was maybe it was go ahead well, you can say i'll of, tell you uh the uh oh nobody was doubting the chiefs and just that whole twitter thread was that who which one was that i don't, I don't remember which uh are you are you referring was. to the uh blue check mark one that did it or are you referring Probably. to the random uh, a blue, a blue check part, mark. Uh, that would be Jason McIntyre that then proceeded to, after he went on Colin Cowherd's show, yeah. and asked to be shown receipts where everybody um, doubted the Chiefs. And then our friend Lance oh, and several go. other yeah. folks presented yeah. them with um, about 8,000 video clips worth of evidence. He then proceeded to go on uh, the yeah. same pathway as our friend over at Last Chance You Dropout and block all of as many of the Chiefs fans <laughs> as he could possibly get his fingertips on because we are, in fact, Charmin Soft. Um, um, all yeah. right, I, I'm gonna, can I, I'm gonna, this is, yeah, do it. I'm, I'm gonna call a timeout. And I, I, I'm not, you guys know, I'm call not somebody who, who goes after people, right? Even the earlier, like, you, if that, you do what I think you're about to do, the grab the flamethrower and I'll hold the gas tank. That former <laughs> Juco coach, who I will not name, coach is who does not, 
Yes. Former. Uh, well, actually, former if you would, if you would Netflix prefer guy. to be more accurate, uh, more recently, the more recent title he's held is Felon. Felon. Uh, yeah. In yeah. case you weren't aware. Valid. Um, listen, a lot of them. I I try to be level-headed, and I will say this: I think that there were some good intentions. I'm sure that he had good relationship. Whatever. The dude hey. is slimy. The dude is. He is riding off. They kicked off. him off of Last Chance You. He is clinging. And, and I listen, he was like, I, I almost I was almost tempted to be like, I'll jump on your pod. I just oh, I don't want to give him I don't want to give him the attention because it's all it is is he just wants the drama. Yep. It's literally the definition yeah. of don't feed a troll. And if there's anybody in the whole world that has been a like more obvious troll, like just look at him. He's, look he's, at him. We don't he thinks that if he can yell louder or bully you. Hashtag that I've kept going. He is that. He's yes. literally that. He is like he just thinks that he can yell louder and he can whatever. And, and here's my last question because I've listened to some of his takes because I I wanted to like okay listen this is a guy who I will admit openly probably knows more about football than me probably knows more about X and O's than me. But mm. let me let me say this: every coach will tell you. Every coach will tell you his criticisms. Oh, Mahomes is slow on this. Mahomes is. <laughs> Whether, whether or not those are accurate, I have there's one thing, one thing in sports, one thing in sports that matters. Scoreboard, bitch. And if you look at the scoreboard, he's got two rings. How many rings do you got? Two. How long did you, you even play in the NFL? Why are you even going to do this, man? Can you not <laughs> just suck yeah. at the feet of relevancy by trying to badmouth a player who's on a historic path? And just because you're local to the area, you can get some, or you were local to the area before they bounced your ass out of here for being a, a Scum. Just crude, inappropriate, racist. Yeah, racist. Like felon. Like before felon. you really like. He just called, him, oh, man, he like, told a German kid he was going to be his new Hitler. That's not he just, me saying that. He said that. Yeah, I just and then he tried to cover it all up. He tried to blackmail people. Like the dude is just a scumbag. And you're like, I, I don't interact. I don't. And here I go on this this tirade because I'm so just annoyed at the fact that we are giving him any time. Let it, it die. Let it time. die. Let him be yeah. an angry, bitter, loud troll. He can yell into his overpriced cigars and smoke in his underwear in his room and, and just let him die and in, in, in irrelevancy where he belongs. Stop feeding that troll. Listen, we can harass all the other trolls all we want, but please, Chiefs Kingdom, I am begging you, yeah. begging you. Stop feeding that troll. Let, He's had enough. Let the thumb thumb from Spy Kids continue yelling into his camera and let and, and the only outlet that gives him any run is the only other one that all of Chiefs Kingdom knows to just simply ignore. Ignore DP and Stule Sporte and all of the other acronyms that I'm gonna use that to not name that trash can of an organization either. Stule Sporte. Yeah ignore them and ignore him and a lot of things will go much much smoother because they don't mean neither one of those entities one individual one entity that allows that individual occasionally on its airwaves neither one of them i mean they're bringing up articles from three years two years ago three years ago to try to target jackson and Brittany. okay we know what they are not only is he a troll but the organization giving him room to make his loud, blasphemous, dumbassness a statement. Are they trolls? Why? New England. Pay attention. It's not. Yeah, I will say, I've been ignoring almost all of this, and I've been having a great time. I think the yeah. great thing that Take Chiefs Kingdom... Approach. 
I think the great thing that uh, Chiefs team can kind of fall back on is the fact that anything that they say doesn't matter because we have two Super Bowl rings. So yeah. that's pretty and much have, pretty much all you got. Has scoreboard. Scoreboard. Like, like, like Tom said, time. it's literally just scoreboard. Like you shouldn't. Anyone, obviously, you should kind of have some self awareness. Anyone who is hating on the Chiefs at this current state is just mad. And we, have to, we have to give. Uh, we have to, uh, Josh. We're gonna have to have Mr. Briscoe back on the show. Um, I need to do a check in to see where um, the feelings are for Mr. Aikman and the thirty three sixty six ninety nine. That, that, yeah, the percentage. The percentage of Troy Aikman's rings is growing. T- Kyle, cool. tell us about the Super Bowl parade. The parade was. It really, really cool. Um, it was it was chilly, but it was not 2019 chilly, 2020 chilly, guys. It was it was surprisingly decent. Uh, I will say this going forward, because yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say there's gonna be another one of the two of these going forward. Um, get get there early, and also pick where you want to be. Don't don't try to hit the parade route and then make your way to Union Station. Two years ago, you probably could have swung that. Three years ago, you probably could have swung that because it was pretty cold and there was only about a half a million people out there. Uh, look, man, this year, Union Station was a circus. There wasn't an ounce of real estate that didn't have a butt or a foot on it. In. it uh, I'm not, and you guys don't understand. When you're standing there and you look around the way it's laid out, there's there's a hotel here that has like private access. I don't think there was a person that was staying at that hotel that wasn't sitting on one of the stones or the tables or the bricks or the, and I'm not talking about like normal sitting areas. It's a wall. It's a stone ledge wall that these people are just sitting on. Yeah. The the people you could far as the eye could see, I, we were standing about halfway up in the middle of union station because we did the parade route first and then went over shout out to country. Uh, for being the tour guide from Kingdom Cast, he, uh, he him, his uh, his lovely wife and and uh, their kiddos and relatives, we met up with them and they, he showed us the best parking area to not have to walk 800 miles. There's some places shuttle to it if you need to, because we parked by, by basically where the shuttle drops off. It was great. Go to Union Station would be my suggestion and get your get there at about well. Some people were there the night before. I don't know if you need to get there quite that early. 6 a.m., 7 a.m., get there, bring a few chairs, grab a seat. This year they had Tech 9, they had performances, DJ. There was all kinds of stuff. All the local area food places were out. The food trucks were out. There was about 50,000 pieces of unlicensed merchandise you could purchase. There was surplus 2022 gear. Man, it was just a party. It was a party from literally a mile and a half and uh, over a million. Uh, it was easily over a million. You can tell me what the estimate. I, I was standing in the in the mass of humanity. There was a million people there. You could just people. turn around and tell. Um, the speeches. Look, I really love that Andy and this organization are very specific about kind of who they let talk and this and that. At that point in the year. We like Mark Donovan. We love Brett Veach. We governor, governors, and and city officials. That's Do great. We need the governor, though. We, we, that, that, well, one of them probably not, but that's <laughs> beside the point. Um, that's all fine, and they all need you know a minute or two. And and this is one thing that I would say for all of those folks. 
watch Andy Reid. Listen to what that man said. Keep because you know what sweet. his speech was? His speech was 35 seconds. Short and sweet. I'm better. They're better at this than I am, so I'm going to give them the mic. Yeah. Okay. Once that happens, though, give them the mic. I don't care if it's 45 minutes of uncensored craziness. They've earned that at this point. You know when you go to a Super Bowl parade that there's a chance, or a championship parade of any variety, there's a chance that there might be some explicit content. Guess what? Pretty good chance. And for all of you idiots that wrote into a certain newspaper that pro- posted that article, all four of you don't can feed go those cry trolls into your pillowcase. Don't feed those trolls either. We're really good at feeding the trolls. So, we're supposed to feed. Take that advice. Go to the parade. Enjoy the parade. And I hope that the organization allows, like Chris Jones should automatically have a microphone in his hand. Yeah, I know. Sneak I know. He's crazy and volatile. And you may, may he may say some crazy stuff. Guess what? They all do. Frank Clark, dude's a walking soundbite. You let James Palmer interview him on national TV four seconds after they won the game. What's two weeks later on a Super Bowl parade matter? Who cares? <laughs> I know. Let these guys talk, man. These fans, the fans that are there, and and I, I'll give credit. Sports Radio eight ten talked about this a little bit afterwards. I only heard a portion of it. I don't know how much of this they covered. The fan base is there to see the players, to listen to these guys, to to relish in in them, to feed off that emotion. They they could walk up there and yell a bunch of literal gibberish and nobody would care. They would just be screaming right along with them. So let let the fans that are that show up in droves in a city that I mean hell half the city was there basically if you go by population count I mean, maybe it did a 90 share on TV in the market. It did a 90 share. That's uh, insane, by the way, if you guys don't know what that, those numbers mean. Go look them up. That doesn't happen. Like, guys. Yeah, pretty unreal. Pretty, it's, it's such an It's experience. a good time. I'm, if you haven't got to go to a parade, go to it. That's I, know, what I was just I about to say. I need to get out there next time. Go to the parade. there will be a next time. So me and Tom are both getting out there next time. Ain't that right, Tom? I tried to get Tom to go with me this year, but he was busy well, being responsible. 100% uh, once I stop hating most of humanity. <laughs> so with that, we've pretty much hit a lot of the main points of the Super Bowl. To close it out, it was a very good Super Bowl. It is great to be champions. And we are now champions until all the way until the next Super Bowl. We are the reigning defending champs. We have that title all the way until two next rings, February. Two belts. Two rings. Yep. Big old WWE belt. Um and yeah, the, watching the the guys on the parade, especially Pat, uh, get very very drunk. That was a good time. He and, gets uh, he gets that dude. Look, whatever he wants. They're having a good whenever time. he wants. I like. However he wants, he runs Kansas City, and anybody that hasn't figured that out yet is confused. Exactly. So, with that being said, we do have one more point to talk on before we get out of here. It's a bit of a longer episode, but there is some news that happened immediately after. The uh, the parade kind of ended. Um, Eric Bieniemy, who you can call him a two-time Super Bowl champion as well, also offensive coordinator for five straight uh, AFC Championship appearances. Ten years um, in this organization. Yeah, one of the most accomplished offensive coordinators in the league by his resume. Um, I don't even think you have to use one of. I would struggle for you to find most. another offensive coordinator with two Super Bowl wins in the la- at all. I don't think you're fine with that. Five years. Um, he has finally gotten a position to say at uh, uh, with the Washington Commanders to be their new offensive coordinator slash 
assistant head coach. Um, obviously, you know, there's reality land and there's where where the real world is. In uh, in reality, or in Wonderland, I guess you could say, Eric Bieniemy should obviously be a head coach in the league already. He should have been one two years ago. He should have been one three years ago. He should have That's been one last year. Horribly accurate um, way to put that. He should have been he I mean the the hurdles that he has had to clear compared to everyone else and I don't think it's a, a strange coincidence that those other candidates happen to be white and he does not um yeah the the hurdles that he has unfairly had to clear his time here um insane Adam Gase got a second chance as a head coach before being the first one it's Urban Meyer Urban Meyer yeah who has a record of being sketchy. He's basically John Gruden light. <laughs> I, mm, yeah, I, so I, yeah, without getting gonna, too many, wanna, without getting too emotional here, we've talked about Eric Bieni, I think, a lot and what he has meant to this organization and how he is deserving of a head coaching job. We've talked about it ad nauseum. It's been talked about a lot. Um, he, I think this is a good opportunity for him, though, regardless of everything else. I know it's not the best. I know it's not the situation he should be in, but he gets to go over to the commanders now with Washington or the Ron Rivera, who is a defensive minded head coach. Um, so he's going to take over control of that offense, essentially uh, kind of just spread his wings, prove, you know, what's something that he doesn't have to prove. He shouldn't have to prove, but he's going to have to do it anyways. Uh, prove that he can kind of run uh, an offense by his by himself. Um, he's going to be a terrific ad for that organization, an organization that is kind of in a rebuild, uh, especially from a culture standpoint more than anything, I think. Uh, and Eric Bieniemy, over over anything, as it's been kind of said over the years, is a huge culture guy. I mean, he's a leader of men. He is one of, like, he's just a coach that you need to have in your building to, to help with the shift of culture. Um, joining up with Ron Rivera and the staff that he's kind of putting together and the things that they're doing in Washington. I think it's a good move for Washington. Um, just, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, there's no, there's no kind of way around it, but I'm excited to see what he does um, with, obviously he's not, he's going from a, a Super Bowl caliber team um, to a team that I don't even, their quarterback situation is a little Sam sketchy Howell. right now. They got Sam Howell in the, in the wings. He was like a fifth round pick, I think. Um, so, I think Eric Bieniemy is going to have a fantastic time in Washington. I think it's a great move. I think it's great that he at least can spread his wings and get another opportunity somewhere. Um, what, are, what, are, what are you guys' thoughts? Uh, Tom, you want to shoot this one first, or you want me to? I, you know, I think he he said it all. I just, you know, Eric, thank you for everything you did for this organization. Very um, much. Best of luck to you. Out. Yeah, best of luck to you. Uh, in Washington, and I mean that sincerely because that's, that's, that's a spot to be in. A very um, sincere, like, yeah. congratulations. Just, good luck. Time. Absolutely. Best of luck. I hope he kills it. Um, yeah, I just, it's it all is tainted by the other reality of the situation. But yeah, um, I, I'm confident he'll prove his worth. And, um, you know, the, the league will have to look at themselves and live with that. Um, so that's that's all I have to say. I'm going to try to keep this somewhat short. Um, there's a list that you, anybody in anywhere can pull up of coaches who don't fit one of the 17 goalposts 
that have been moved for Eric Bieniemy that have been given one, two, sometimes three chances at head coaching positions. And frankly, and blatantly, it's bullshit. And there's not really any other way around it. Um, the expectation difference, and, and you can miss me with any of the number of nonsensical talking points we have heard about this subject over the last several years. He doesn't call plays. Yeah. Neither did Dan Campbell, John Harbaugh, and I can list about 15 other guys. Uh, did Shane Steichen call offensive plays? He did technically, but um... yeah. Did, did Jonathan Gannon who Eric being and Andy Reid just blew apart in the Super Bowl? Did he call offensive plays? Yeah. Matter of fact, didn't, didn't, that organization bring Vic Fangio, who's now a defensive coordinator for another organization, in to help with that organization. Anyway, the, the list gets longer and more absurd. And now, now, Eric Bieniemy, which has a resume longer than any offensive coordinator in this league right now, by a mile, has to go to a franchise that is run by one of the Biggest pieces of trash we have ever seen to fix a culture. So I'm going to do it like this. Well, let me tell you something. The bullshit that's going on in that organization will stop because, let me tell you this, the guy that they just brought in to be the offensive coordinator will put an end to that crap. The culture paired with him and Ron Rivera, that will end the nonsense. I don't care whatever else takes place, you don't have to worry about what goes on in that building anymore because those two gentlemen will have their hands and feet in every single thing that moves because the guy that Eric Benjamin has spent the last 10 years learning from has his hand in everything. His development from the guy who we all used to sit and listen to press conferences and go, he just doesn't seem like he can, he just doesn't seem comfortable. He just, He's a master at it. He handles it Andy-esque routinely. You don't get anything from him if he doesn't want you to. You don't get the competitive prick comment slip-ups anymore. You don't get the this and that. And so the interview conversations, that's A, that was BS to begin with, Um We'll be putting it blunt. Old white dudes aren't always comfortable with very loud people who don't always look like them. Yep. Who are very demonstrative and who are very open people and very steadfast in their thoughts and beliefs. It's a comfort thing. It's a problem in this league. It's a problem with not having more minority ownership in this league. This is all stuff we've known forever. This isn't news. So now, now a guy who should be a head coach, should have been a head coach multiple times, has to go prove himself and get a title upgrade and a pay rate. Miss me with both of those also. Yeah. Look, we all know why he hasn't been hired and you can try the off the field. He had stuff in his past from 25 years ago, but there's head coaches with domestics, socials, DUIs, you name it. And they've had head coaching opportunities. So all of your excuses and all of your goalposts, don't exist. What's taking place is absolutely crap for Eric Bieniemy. Now, all of that said, 
they better get him a fucking quarterback. Yeah. Because no offense to Sam Howell, but Jesus Lord. Yeah. And secondly, I hope EB and that offense goes over in the NFC and lights them on fire because the defense in Washington is there. And if they get the quarterback figured out, that offense is ready to roll and they are going to be a problem in the East. Yeah, I'm going to be legitimately rooting for Washington this year. There's, it's it's kind of a strange connection, Washington. And the Set Chiefs proper have. expectations for EB. Do not expect the Chiefs offense oh, yeah. that Washington team, people. Definitely got to set the do expectations. It to that man. He's been screwed enough times. Yeah, but this is another time that we can kind of root for Washington. We had Alex Smith go over there, obviously. And it was kind of one of those things. Yeah, we have 30 EB. yard line on the field, EB. Don't go anywhere. Exactly. Near yeah. But yeah, that's uh, obviously not the greatest situations, but shout out EB for at least moving on and uh obviously there will be some question marks internally for the chiefs of all the positions to be filled matt Nagy is going to be the offensive coordinator more than wait, likely wait, we have to do interviews first yeah do an interview of course uh maybe cliff kingsbury who knows i'm just, I'm just, throwing it off. I'm just kidding but uh matt Nagy more than likely will get that offensive coordinator job it's one of the assistant qb coaches will probably be the normal qb coach the way that now. man was dancing on stage i feel like he might think he already knows he has a shot at yeah that exactly so i think That's it's uh i think this down will be, man it, eb is a huge loss for the chiefs but um, I think will. I think all parties are gonna are gonna move on and be our pro- profit from we this. Don't, I don't worry about the Chiefs as much because Andy's proven I don't know 17 times. Yeah. Uh, Matt Nagy, Doug Peterson, insert coordinator. He's moved on. His coaching tree is untouched in this league. Like it's over and over. All right, we gotta we gotta go because we're gonna we keep go. doing this. We <laughs> can do another 45 minutes to an hour. We didn't touch on Travis. We didn't touch on Chris. We didn't touch on Frank. We barely touched on any of that stuff, guys. Yeah. So. We're going to have shout out as we go and more stuff because there's a ton to break down with the Super Bowl. Um, I haven't really run it by these two yet, but I feel like we may do a uh, by position group or by uh, unit breakdown of, of the Super Bowl and kind of look at it from a, from an ultra perspective as we go through this. So, um, yeah, Garrett, see how you, works. sir, always get to lead us out of here. So I'm going to let you do that. My final thoughts are this team has two rings. They have the best quarterback in the sport. They have the best coach in the sport. And yes, I'm aware Bill Belichick exists. I Look, enjoy what you have. Enjoy what we get to support and do. And I most of all, enjoy the people you get to enjoy it with. So all I will say to this is thank you too for all of the effort, energy, work. Because a lot of you guys don't realize how much stuff and how much time we that goes into this stuff that we do. We do this stuff because we enjoy it, but we also do it for you guys. So we hope you appreciate it. But to you two specifically, thank you for everything for the last season and cannot wait to what we're getting ready to roll out as we've got coming up because we've got a whole bunch on deck. Yes, we do. Before we get out of here, of course, Tom, any final remarks, words? Yes. Uh, as always, thanks for joining us. Uh, not to I, – I waited – an hour and 30 minutes. I've, I've held my myself, so I have to talk yep, about it real let quick. It out. Let it no, out. This, this is a sponsor. He's right. He gets yeah, to do this. this is, yeah, this is this is approved. Uh, this weekend, uh, February 26th, I am representing Chiefs Kingdom in the Walk the Mock uh, mock draft. Uh, if you haven't checked out their website, there's a, I know there's a lot of different mock draft simulators. Um, I really I was playing with it before the show started. I really enjoy it. Um, they also have a feature where you can do an interactive mock, so you and your buddies can mock like do a draft together, which I thought was really You'll cool. be doing those. Something we'll have to utilize this season. Um, but anyways, I, I'm excited to represent, you know, the 
the Chiefs Kingdom in the draft and, and then the process there. So um, the draft is happening twenty, the February twenty sixth. If you go over to uh, their Twitter at Walk the Mock, uh, you can the mock draft is happening February twenty sixth. The yes. mock draft is the happening. mock draft, not the, the actual draft, draft happening in April. Uh, you trust me, you will know when the draft is coming. I'll make sure you, you will know. very much know. Uh, you the, will know. Walk I the promise. Mock, we're doing our first community one. Uh, some other really talented uh, contributors and content creators for other teams. A good chance to interact and network. Uh, make sure you check out the uh, the main social at Walk the Mock. Uh, follow all of us, of course, and then you know just just pay attention. And, and draft season is here, and I am going to stop here. talking because otherwise I will get into why I think uh, Keon White might be better than Miles Murphy, which oh, which is a, a good cliffhanger because he's a good cliffhanger because no one knows who those people are yet. So mm, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding, but yeah. Honestly, it's been a great season. It's uh, This season was pretty special, obviously. A lot of ups and downs, but it was a good one, and uh, it feels really feels really good to end it uh, on top it of the championship. So much better it when feels they so win much better end, than uh, having to feel salty after the season because we just it's, a, it's the celebration is going to last for, I mean, a whole another year. We have a whole year of feeling celebration. So thank you, both of you, of course, for, uh, for doing this with me. Uh, this has been a great, great podcast. I've really enjoyed doing it. And thank you all much, all to the listeners, of course, for uh, for hanging in with us, tuning in, and uh, you know, enjoying it, enjoying the Chiefs as much as we do with us. So, with that being said, be sure to follow us at Kingdom Says Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Sure, follow all of our uh, personals as well at Garrett Seven Twenty, at K Then Sixteen, and at Arrowhead Tom. We will be back. Um, who knows how soon we'll be back. We're, we're still a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover type phase, but we've got a lot of great draft content coming up uh, very shortly. We'll have some special guests on and all that. So it's going to be a good off season, obviously, as the champs. So thank you all so much for watching Chiefs Kingdom. And uh, Kyle? How about those Chiefs? Tom didn't do it. He's Tom, muted. He's always Tom muted. muted. He gets it. Uh, great. Great episode, boys. Let's uh, let's do this again soon. Be sure to follow us. All that stuff. Thank you all listening, watching. Goodbye.